Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Quintino. <laughs> So you're born in... It's going to be a hard walk, right? I'm strong now. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're born in Holland? Yeah, yeah. born in Holland. In or a your parents. really small city. Yeah, what's it called? I couldn't find out. So it's called Den Helder. Okay. Uh, it's only uh, like 55,000 people, 60,000. It's not a lot, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's really small. But, your... I, but now I live in Amsterdam. Are your parents from there as well? Yeah, yeah. They still live there. Oh, so like all your whole family's there? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, my family's still there, yeah. What do your parents do? Or before? Uh, my mom uh, paints. Oh, wow. Yeah, she does this amazing painting. So really, it's really nice. And, um, and, my, and my father has a bar. In, a, in a, the city mm -hmm. I'm from, so uh, yeah, they're busy. All the yeah. Time. yeah. <laughs> so you think you got your creative side from your mom, or? Well, well if you see the paintings, I, I'm gonna show it to yeah. you. Yeah. It's insane, like wow. really. Yeah, it's, it's really insane. Uh, so yeah, I'm so really proud of her. Every time <laughs> my friends come over, they be like, "Whoa, what's that?" I so, like, "Yeah, my mom made it." And, 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 and like they're so proud, and wow. I'm proud. So, yeah. What kind of music did they play in the house when you were growing up? Um. So my dad is one of the biggest fan of Earth uh, uh, Fire. Mm -hmm. So I heard like uh, fantasy and uh, September, uh, and my mom uh, used to listen to everything uh, Dutch singers, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers too. Uh, so I grew up with that kind of stuff. Can you describe the town that you grew up in? What was it like? Um, my parents were divorced, mm -hmm. so I lived uh, like uh, uh, during the mid, the regular days with my mom, and uh, one weekend on and off with my dad. Mm -hmm. And they both used to work at night, so it was kind of kind of hard for them. But they struggled a lot, but they made it all happen. I had a good time, so mm -hmm. it was good. Yeah. How do you describe your personality back then, growing up? Um, kind of shy, and uh, I was always uh, playing uh, for, uh, soccer. Yeah, yeah, I yeah every that. day. I, I, You're I, I slept with a ball. Oh, wow. My mom has a picture of me sleeping with the ball. Oh. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, uh, when always I went out, I just played with the ball the whole day. Do you think that you could be like a professional soccer player? Well, I wanted to, but uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, it not, didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, what else were you interested in back then? Um, no, to be honest, it was only soccer. And uh, uh, like from maybe 14, I started, like, no, 15, that's when I started to see the first DJ. And I remember just the first time, it was like a, a Dutch DJ that was really big in Holland. What's his name? Uh, Eric E. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I saw this lasers, like, moving. And I remember, like, it was like a build-up and it drops. And I feel like he was, like, the director of the whole night. And I was so, like, hypnotized by this guy that I couldn't stop watching. I was like, okay, I love this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best feeling. Like, if you can bring them to, like, a journey to, to this, some kind of place, you know. Uh, yeah, that, for me, that moment, I knew I loved to, to, to be a DJ. But I never expect yeah. to be this big, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But before that, were you really into music or just? No, not really. That, to be honest, wow. no, no. Uh, I played soccer all the time. That's a huge turning point then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then from that moment on, uh, I started to buy vinyl all the time, and then I started with vinyl, and I just started DJing all the time. And every every place I could, I was DJing everywhere. <laughs> it's somebody's birthday, I play. I wanna, I'm there. Okay, you got a bar, I play free. <laughs> everywhere. Who yeah. else were you listening to back then? Um. Well, I like 
I loved N.E.R.D. It's still one of my favorites. I still got it on my phone. It's one of the only albums. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. I like the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers too. It was really diverse, to be honest. Like, from Bob Marley to Red Hot Chili Peppers, for me, like, it's not a genre. It's like the music you like. If it makes a good energy, it's good music. So, like, from reggae to uh, rock to uh, hip-hop, I listen to the, the Dr. Dre uh, albums, everything. But if it gives you a good energy, like emotional or happy or like mm -hmm. partying, then it's good music. So yeah. I listen to everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and the moment that I started DJing, I had to play everything for like seven hours straight the whole wow. night. It's like open format. Yeah. So I learned to play every kind of styles and appreciate the, the, the records in every style. So that was kind of a cool journey. So I knew a lot of records. And you were also working at an Italian restaurant, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. So I started there behind the bar to earn some money. And um, that's where they call me my name, my DJ name. Oh. Because my regular name is Quinton. Yeah. And when I was DJing, uh, <laughs> uh, before I was DJing, yeah. that was really funny. So I was at the bar and I wasn't like the quickest one behind the bar. I wasn't mm -hmm. really a good bartender. They'd be like, ah, Quintino, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Was that after it. high school or when were you? And I was 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't have a DJ name back then. And, and uh, But everyone started calling me this way. So it was like they made it up for me. It's mm -hmm. really cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, behind the bar of an Italian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when you put out the Portuguese, the remix? Um, actually, that's a long time ago already. Yeah. That is... Um, 11 years? Yeah. Oh, wow. What? 11 years, yeah. <laughs> and it went straight to number one. It's really crazy. Like, like, how did that even happen? Like, yeah, so the thing is, I just heard this vocal I really yeah. like. And uh, and I felt like I playing, I was playing a lot of beats. Like, all the vinyl records were, like, really long. Yeah. And a lot of beats. And I wanted to play shorter records and more vocals in it that hyped it up or something. And I just switched it up. Because I, was, I always played open format. So I was used to different genres. And I combined them, like, Brazilian the, from the favela with, like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, rhythms like beats from one, 128. Yeah, it worked. Everyone loved it. Yeah. yeah. Was that the first time that you put out a lot of music? Because you're DJing, but how about like the actual production? No, actually, the, my first record, uh, my first records, Supersonic and Wooker, uh, Leibig Luke helped me with it. Uh, because the thing is, uh, I started DJing uh, in uh, the city where I'm from, and Leibig Luke was playing before me. And uh, the funny thing is that uh, he started watching at me, he didn't leave. And he started w looking at me because I was DJing really quick. Like, yeah. And all the DJs were playing like seven minutes records, six minutes records. And then he came up to me, he's like, yo, I really like you, you're really good at it, and you're talented, let's keep in contact. And I was like, oh. oh. He's already big, very big back then. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he headlined all the big festivals, oh, wow. everything, yeah. And uh, he was like my, uh, my hero, you know? And then we kept in contact and I just joined him every time I could. I just went to a show with him in a, a, a small club or a big show, festival or whatever. I just wanted to see him DJ and to learn. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I have to make music too to become a bigger artist. And then he helped me with my first records and then released it on uh, Sydney Sam's label back, back in the days. Mm -hmm. And it was, that was my first records, yeah. Was it easy for you to go from DJing to producing? No, no, it's, it's difficult, mm -hmm. yeah. I still have a lot of people always helping me too, but uh, yeah, it's a big process because I started off as a DJ. Yeah. So yeah, that's a hard switch, but uh, uh, now I found a joy to, with making it with like uh, with people and uh, we just with the studio session in LA. 
and uh, the creative things you can do and we have like an artist in a singer or whatever uh, it's really cool to have that journey and now I can really appreciate it mm -hmm. so That's yeah it definitely is it's, it used to be only DJ or producer and now you have to do both so yeah, yeah. and was the first time that you saw Tiesa was it during the Olympics or yeah 100% <laughs> my dad's like hey yeah you seen it's a DJ on the Olympics like what <laughs> And then I was looking like, whoa, Tiesto, unbelievable, on the Olympics, like, how could you imagine, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was like, okay, maybe DJ is a real job now. <laughs> that was a big, big game changer, I think, yeah. because DJ was like, DJ was like a filler, like a warm-up for, for a band, or, yeah. you know? It was like, okay, we just need a DJ because we've got a band, and then 30 minutes we need, like, people to stay, so just mm -hmm. play some records. Yeah. That's it. And now it's like, you go to a DJ. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, so after your Portuguese remix, were you doing music full-time or how, what was your career? At yeah, that so I had a full-time job uh, when I released that record. Um, okay. uh, I was working uh, yeah, on an office job, oh, what were you a doing? sales job, oh. and uh, I, didn't, I didn't like it at all, but I had to work, of course. So mm -hmm. uh, then, uh, like, after a year, I just came to the office and be like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to live at my mom's place and just gonna see what happens if I get like work or something and then uh, yeah after like a half a year it popped off so Whoa. yeah my mom's like you gotta work don't stay at home <laughs> <laughs> where do you think you got that confidence from that you're gonna make it somehow because like there weren't too many uh, people that you no. could look up to right no and, and, and yeah. when I started it it was like uh, not a lot of people making it in, in the as a DJ so mm -hmm. it wasn't really as famous as now like all my nephews want to be DJ right now <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no, I like it, and uh, I'm lucky that I can live at my mom's place, whatever. I don't need anything, but not much. So I was like, I'm just gonna try, and whatever. If it doesn't work out, I can always go back. But if you're older, maybe not. Yeah. So I just stopped it, and uh, I remember the day I came home, I was like, I have no job. <laughs> yeah, it's like really scary. And then my mom's like, okay, don't stay at home. Make sure you you believe. If you really believe, you can make it. But you gotta work it. Yeah. So I, I tried everything. What were you uh, trying back then? Huh? What were you doing, like trying back yeah, then? Yeah, just to try to contact Labour Gluck every day and, uh, and other people. Just as, to, to be as much as possible in the scene and to learn. And uh, because I loved it so much, I just wanted to be in the club with DJs everywhere. It's just 24-7. So I drove everywhere. And uh, uh, I think after six months, someone introduced me to Labour Gluck and, uh, and to another girl, an mm -hmm. MC. They uh, introduced me to a guy who did like really uh, big parties and he really liked me so I could play like one time for, to practice to see if he likes me or not. And then uh, they, they really loved it and they, they kept booking me. So I had like this basis uh, of, uh, of yeah parties that I could play already. And then I was making more and more records. So I got more famous. Mm -hmm. And then I think after like one and a half, two years, then it really popped off. I did a lot of shows. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. yeah, it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> and what was the big turning point after that? Like into the international. Yeah, fans? so um, after a while, you did a lot of shows in Holland, but it, it was only Holland. Yeah. And uh, I, I made a, a, a few more records, and it was only like big in Holland. And then you, you got like this urge to play everywhere else because you see people traveling to different countries, mm -hmm. and you see this festival, like uh, I don't know, like Tomorrowland or. Uh, uh, cream fields. Uh, you, you see all these guys going there, and uh, I was like, "Shit, I want to be there." <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I started making different—not different kind of music, but not the same as what I was doing back then. And then we made uh, Epic with Sandro, 
And the funny mm. thing is, I sent it to Afrojack because we were really good friends. Because we, me and Afrojack, uh, that's a funny story. So <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. We went uh, on a holiday. So I went on a holiday when I still had a job for two weeks to Greece. But I was brought my CD back just, and I was asking every bar, can I play, can I play? It's like, no, thank you, no, thank you. <laughs> and one bar I really liked, so I came there every night, and I was talking to the owners, like, hey, if you want me to play, uh, I'll play for free if you like it, and whatever. Then the DJ got sick, and he called me. And then he really liked it, so I played for two weeks. Wow. Yeah, so I went back for That's five cool. days, uh, and then uh, booked another holiday and played for another two weeks. And then I met Afrojack, because Leibig Luke was performing in Greece. We had this forum. Mm -hmm. Where like Steve Angelo was on, Avicii, yeah. uh, and me and Afrojack too. <laughs> so Lucas like, hey Nick, this is Quinton, Quinton, this is Nick. And then we became friends. Because he played another club the whole night. Yeah. I played six hours here, he played six hours there. And since then we were really good friends. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, so we knew each other really well and we played the same parties back in Holland. We were, both were not famous at all. And... Um, so uh, when I started making different kind of music, he was popping off already in the States. He's doing mm -hmm. Ultra and he had all these big records. So I sent him Epic and he's like, hey, what do you think about it? But he was making all the bleep uh, sounds, right? Yeah. So he's like, uh, he's like, oh, sorry, man, not for me. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Chesto, uh, we sent it to Chesto and he played it at uh, EDC. And then everyone went crazy online. Like, everyone's like, hey, what's this record? What's this record? And then Chesto put it online. Yo, it's uh, Sandro and Quintino, Epic. And then everyone, like, but I was sleeping. It was like time difference. <laughs> I woke up, I was like, whoa, 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 my phone. And I looked. Everyone's like, uh, yo, this record is insane, blah, blah. And then I felt like, okay, something is coming. I, I, I feel it. Mm -hmm. And Chesto signed it. Yeah, and then it became in Holland became number one official chart, like the biggest record of uh, of uh, in of Holland, and then in so many countries. Yeah. yeah, and everyone played it, like from Swiss House Mafia to Chesto to yeah, everyone. This whole story is so crazy because exactly this spot that laid back Luke was talking about his forum when I interviewed oh, him. Oh really? Right here, so oh. I was like, this is just so funny. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. He yeah. helped us. He helped us all. So yeah. he's like a, he's a godfather or something. Yeah. How did you meet Dimitri Vegas? Um. Well, um, we were at the same management back in the days when oh, okay. uh, we were at the same management as Afrojack. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and the thing was, Demi and Mike, they weren't not so big. Uh, and we just both started and we, they were like new Belgium guys and I was from Holland. So uh, I knew them through management and then we went together to Miami and everything. And uh, yeah, so that's how we became uh, uh, closer mm -hmm. through uh, the management. And then, yeah, you keep in contact and you send each other stuff. And then uh, from the last two years, we've been working really close. We, make, we, we made so many records. I think uh, I did a Tremor remix, the Hum remix for there. We did uh, Liberté, we have a new record. Tetris, we did, that's about. Um, we got a new one on my album. Um, yeah, so we, we like we just so much. We, we have a good connection, you know. When you have a good connection, and like, like when, like for example, Dimitri calls me, and then we have like this idea, and we work out real quick, you know. We're all mm -hmm. both hyped about it, and yeah. We, yeah, yeah, it's a good connection. Yeah. Can you also talk about the music video shoot that you did with Steve Aoki? Like it was oh, really man. like the blizzard, right? So he called me. It's like, oh yeah, can you do a support at this uh, show? It's like okay. I said, yeah, we can also record the video. I was like, oh, whatever, it's fine. I like to do it, it's fun, you know. And uh, so I saw the weather, it's like, oh, it's cold. It was so cold. <laughs> so we came in there, it was Minneapolis. We walked up from the airport, it's like, whoa, it's so cold. <laughs> this is too cold. So I, I called Steve, 
I was like, yo, it's really cold. I was like, yeah, no, no, but we have to shoot the video. I was like, okay. <laughs> the next day, we slept for like three hours. We had to shoot really early in the morning because we both had to take our flights to a different show. Mm. And we came in, we had to walk to the snow like this. <laughs> it was all up, up in the air. And I didn't feel my hands, anything. And like, I remember me and Steve were in the car. We're sitting next to each other. And it's just too cold to talk. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I remember that really good. <laughs> but it was really a, so now it's a fun experience. Back then, when we were shooting the video, yeah. we just ran up in the snow. We're shooting, and then we ran out, and it'd be like, uh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Can you talk about what it was like on the TV show Beauty and the Beat? Oh yeah, so um, I didn't know what to expect actually, because uh, um, so they asked me to to uh, to work with it, but it was never broadcast or anything. So. Uh, but they wanted to uh, give a boost to dance music, so yeah, whatever, if you can help, you always help each other, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I did it once, and we did like a DJ set and everything, and, uh, and yeah, that was it. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> How did you meet, um, or like start working with Spinning Records? Yeah, to be honest, I've worked with them for a really long time already, and uh, um, it's always good, though. We had like a, a lot of good records together. They're really professional, and... Uh, we can make uh, uh, good deals together, like uh, we give each other a hand and we make a deal for a record and it always works out. Uh, yes, yeah, like 10 years already. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I'm happy with it. They always deliver and, uh, and they're happy with me, so that's a good thing too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how yeah. about with huh? Supersonic? Yeah, so I did my label, but I felt like I didn't pay enough attention to it. Mm, um, that's interesting. Yeah, so that was like eight years ago. So I started it. And I felt like, okay, if you're gonna do this, it needs to be 100%, not, not 80. So I stopped it to, to keep the quality high because I, I, did, I did do some good records, but I felt it was too early in my career to mm -hmm. you know, work on a label. Are you planning on revisiting the idea? Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, yeah. Because now uh, um, I'm focusing on the album and it's almost finished. And I'm releasing it this year. Nice. And then, yeah, and then after you wanna do something different. So. Uh, I think about label, yeah. Can you talk about the um, the Ultra Music Festival anthem that you did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, I got a call. Uh, I was in uh, I was in LA. <laughs> yeah, I was in LA, I remember. And uh, Chess was like, yo, uh, we've been working on this record and um, uh, it, can be, it can be the anthem of Ultra. I was like, whoa, okay. So what's the question? Because <laughs> I want to do it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, are you okay? He's like, yeah, of course, 100%. And then he's like, okay, let's do it. And then he uh, sent me the email that they're interested in the record. I was like, whoa, it's so quick, everything. Mm -hmm. So like from just a record to like Anthem of Ultra. And then it just changed real quick. Yeah, it was really strange, but <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, yeah milestone, the, the, mm -hmm. those things you don't forget. Yeah. yeah. The same thing when Chesto called me. I remember I was in Greece, in uh, Crete. And uh, I just finished the show, but he was in uh, America, so it was like, for me, it was one o'clock at night. For him, it was like five in the afternoon, five p.m. Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, "Yo, Quentin." He's like, "Hello." I didn't have his number. It's Thais, Tiesto. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like young, you know. So yeah. I was like, "Okay, hello." And he's like, uh, "Do you want me to join uh, to join me on the college tour?" Uh, I was like, "Yes, of course. Let's go." And it ended up being the best tour for my life. Like Whoa. three and a half weeks, uh, every day a show. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was really. 
What do you think of DJ Magan? Does it like give you pressure to retain a certain ranking or? Yeah, to, to be honest, uh, it is a ranking, so yeah. uh, 100%, but it's not everything. Yeah. So I believe um, if you got like this, how can I explain it properly? So it's not only a list, it's not mm -hmm. only your music and it's not only your performance. I, I believe it's the total package that makes it how big you are as an artist. So you can be number 100 on the list, but have the biggest record and a good performance and you're big. Yeah. You could be uh, number one on the list and have the, I don't know, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. everything needs to be on place. So only a number is not enough. That's, so that's how I feel it. Mm -hmm. But the list exists and yeah, it is there. Mm -hmm. Is it difficult because you've been in dance music for so long trying to stay relevant? Uh, yeah, I'm lucky that every year it went up. So for yeah. me, uh, like if you talk like DJ Mac, I went up every year. And with my music and my streams every year, I got every year I got more streams. Like you sh so you, you see, everything is going up still for me. So for me, it's like a roller coaster that is still. Yeah, that's amazing. Going. That's that's difficult. Yeah, that keeps me really motivated. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. nowadays, so many people make music, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of competition. You gotta stay fresh. Yeah, actually, with that, like with the trends and stuff, how do you keep yourself like have your own sound, but also like have to. Stay with it. Yeah, it's difficult. I always believe that if it's the music that I love to make and it brings me energy during my shows, then I'm happy with it. And there's always going to be a market for it. Maybe not the smallest or the biggest market, but it's going to be my fans, you know? Mm -hmm. So I tried not to pay a, a lot of attention to different artists. Mm -hmm. And this is also something that I asked laid back Luke, but what do you think about the changes of EDM in the past 10 years and where do you see it going? Yeah, so the thing is, it was like a big boom. Or suddenly from nothing, it was like the most popular thing in America. Yeah. Everyone wants to work on EDM, Chris Brown, everyone. And it's normal, then it's new, and then it stabilizes. But it's just a genre in the dance music. So you got like, whatever, trap, bass house, techno, you have uh, electronic music, but it's all dance music. So it might switch a little bit. The dance music is getting bigger and bigger, more genres. So let's be happy for that, you know? Yeah. Dance music is so big. Everybody wants to go out to a festival and some like techno, some like uh, electronic, you know, yeah. whatever. But everyone wants to go out and uh, as long as dance music is still growing, uh, the market is still healthy. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. Do you agree with him that there's like a chain smoker era that a lot of producers trying to make like pop chain smoker type music? Yeah, it's normal. Like, so the chain smokers, you wouldn't be that quick but the Chainsmokers were DJs that were mm -hmm. on the same festival lineup as everyone yeah, and then suddenly true. with two major hits yeah. they were like the biggest so of course you'd be like if you're in a shoe of an artist of a DJ mm -hmm. and he was playing before you as a nobody and suddenly been, within a year they sell out arenas of course you're gonna look at their formula yeah. right it's normal it's, it's really normal but yeah it's a wonderful guy you yeah. know yeah it's, you have to say true to yourself and of course if you listen to it you maybe you, you switch a little bit but those guys are like one of a kind it's, it's not a formula or something mm -hmm. you know uh, uh, so rather stick to your own sound yeah, yeah it's really important that's true because your fans are fans because they like your music and not because you're following somebody else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So but it's hard you always you always be like, oh, you check somebody else. Yeah. It's normal. Everyone does that. It's <laughs> like soccer players also check out other soccer players, how they play. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's normal. <laughs> but stay, stay true to your sound. That's what I do too with electronic music. 
it was like energetic but maybe not good enough for Spotify. Mm -hmm. If I like it, I'm releasing it. How do you think the style of your music has changed compared to the early songs that you made? Oh, it hasn't changed that much, only the quality of the sound of course, mm -hmm. but uh, if I listen to one of the first records I did, uh, it's still electronic and it's still with a, a lot of beepy sounds and uh, and and yeah, just really festival-wise. Of course, sometimes it's a different record, but now uh, you can be re like really quick with records. You can finish them quicker. You, you got I'm playing more shows, so so I know what works and doesn't work. And back in the days, I just made a record sometimes and released it. I'd be like, ah, doesn't really work good in the club. <laughs> 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 whether it happens but mm -hmm. but now I can test so many records in the club and I feel like okay is it good enough or or is, should I chase it a little bit or is this vocal too much or, or should I put more in it and then I play it again play it again and be like mm. okay now it's finished oh, now, now I know yeah, yeah yeah for me like if I if I want to play it it's good enough how would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger um, so um, when I was really young I was really uh, all over the place so um, one day, I, I wanted to do anything in one day, you know, <laughs> I couldn't sit still and now I can, now I enjoy the moments more because I've been everywhere in the world and it's still going really well, every year it's going better and now I'm like in LA and I'm enjoying the moment and I'm in LA, a small boy from a really small city in Holland and I play in LA, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> Sometimes like my family texts like, hey, where are you? We have like this family app. And I'd be like, oh, I'm in LA right now. They're like, oh wow, LA, I've never been there. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love that. Yeah, right? What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far in life? Um, well, yeah, I moved on my own to a big mm -hmm. city. So there was, like, I had no friends or nothing. Uh, I, I moved to Amsterdam with a, a good friend of mine. We were like with the two of us and I didn't have a steady job or something. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to make something of my life. Um, but I wanted to do, the only reason and the only key that was number one for me is that I want to do something that I really love. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you earn or whatever you do, but if you do something you like and you're always happy. Because I had a job I really hate and it's like, okay, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, so I'd rather try something that I like and see what happens. And that was the most important thing I want to do. Soccer didn't help work. So. <laughs> Soccer didn't work. No, no, but yeah. Trust me, every time I'm lucky what I'm doing, I'm always happy. If I play a club, I'm happy. If I see people enjoying it. Yeah, you're of me. so positive. You just like bring it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, but it's also the people make me do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like, like tomorrow we fly to Atlantic City. It's like, wow, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's good. Where do you think you got your attitude from? Like, even doing this for like 10, 15 years, you're still yeah. like so optimistic and positive and excited about it. I know, it's, uh, maybe, from the, it. maybe it's from the day you grow up or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just in me. It's, it's not. It's not made up or something. It's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my parents. My mom is always uh, always positive too. And uh, even if, when we had like a rough times or whatever, always positive. So yeah, I think it's uh, from them. Mm -hmm. My dad is really uh, crazy too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a combination of my parents. I think. Mm -hmm. What does love mean to you? Uh, love is unconditional. If you see something, it's always good. You don't need to talk to each other every day. But when, you, when you're with each other or when you need each other, you're there. Yeah. I think that's really important. I have friends from the city where I grew up. And sometimes I don't speak them for a month or something. But when we speak to each other, it's always good. You know? Mm -hmm. And when we need each other, we're there. 
I think that is uh, friends or family. If you're there for each other and you help each other, nah, that's the best thing in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? What I want to be remembered for, uh, it's a hard question, but yeah. for me the most important thing is when they were with me or when they think about me, they smile. That's the most important yeah. thing. They had a good time. Yeah. I love that, so true. Yeah, right. It's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye.